You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passions and earn points when you stay close to the action. Lisa Carlin, Jordan Angeli, Darian Jenkins, and Jenny Chu here for you on this Wednesday. Uh, we had a little clip this morning when Jordan Angeli was on Morning Footy. Let's go ahead and start there. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Wait to post uh, the 2034 Men's World Cup post on Instagram, but we still don't know where the 2027 Women's World Cup will be. What do you think? Is that one coming any day now? Look at me. Mm. I am so shocked. <laughs> wow. Who would have guessed? What was the reaction and why are you uh, so fake shocked? Because the FIFA has already announced where the World Cup is going to be in like 18 decades from now. <laughs> and we don't even know where the next Women's World Cup is going to be. It's just mm -hmm. pathetic, honestly. It's pathetic and I'm sick of it. And they need to do better. FIFA, do better. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one I completely. Heard that. Yeah, that was a great reaction, though. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. <laughs> and the glasses. Yeah, that, I that know. Really so studious. Right I like it. Yeah, that I like that it. was earlier today? It was just a hour <laughs> ago. Wow. Yeah. Very versatile humans here, you know? We, we look very different before we come on cam here. Uh, let's go ahead and get started for the headlines. We'll start in the NWSL. The league has announced that the expansion draft will take place on December 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern and will be aired on CBS Sports Network. Expansion sides Bay FC and Utah Royals FC will select up to 12 players each from the current NWSL clubs. We move on to the Pan Am Games following Chile's victory against the U.S.'s under-19 team in the semifinals. Goalkeeper Cristiane Endler announced her retirement from the national team, stating that she felt it was time to give opportunities to the younger players to represent Chile. In Europe and the Nations League, there was a scary moment during England's game against Belgium when defender Alex Greenwood sustained a head injury and needed to be subbed out. Greenwood, who was down for a substantial amount of time, has been carefully monitored and will return to Manchester City to undergo more medical checks. In more Nations League news, Irene Perez was denied her 100th cap with the Spanish women's national team after a computer error left her off of the official squad sheet. Paredes, who Tomé confirmed would have been in the starting 11, would have become just the third player to reach 100 caps with Las Rojas alongside Jenny Hermoso and Alexia Putellas. 
So much news of the day there, but let's go ahead and start with England's, England's loss to Belgium, mm -hmm. Jordan. Yeah, well, England is in qualification right now for the Olympics, and this is a different way to get to the Olympics, but only three teams go. France already qualified since they're hosting, and now you have to make it out of your group and then into the semifinal. If you win the semifinal, then you find yourself qualified. But England right now sits third in their group. And they're in a really a not good spot in this game yesterday. I feel like with something that we're seeing with them in these nation league games is that they look a little bit stagnant in front of gold. The opportunities are there, but Alicia Russo missed multiple opportunities. Lucy Bronze had herself some opportunities yesterday. It felt like to me, I think if I want to take a positive, Kira Walsh dominated the game, mm -hmm. was pinging balls left and right. But when you look at what England is doing right now and our expectations now for England, there's a big gap and they might not even make it out of their group, which would mean there's no England at the Olympics. And that would be shocking considering right the last year and a half yeah. of success that the Lionesses have found. And Alex Greenwood sustaining a terrible injury. It was devastating to watch that. You look at England throughout the rest of these these matches. Now they're without their starting center back who has played a majority of the minutes um, in that center back role. And without her, how are they going to move forward and, and plug those holes? I think it just provides a lot more question yeah. marks for Serena Vigman. Yeah, absolutely. Darren, did you have any thoughts on the match? No, I, I completely agree. I think the momentum that England has had, they need to be qualifying for the Olympics. They need to be top of their table. And you know what? Maybe this is just a lull that we're going to see right before they launch back into kind of the same trajectory that we've been seeing them the last mm -hmm. few years. Um, I hope it's a really good wake-up call that they need kind of a refresh and maybe teams are seeing exactly how England is playing and adapting their game where England's not able to score. But they also need to capitalize on those yes, opportunities they need a lot better. They create them, but it's putting the ball in the back of the net, and that's just what they need to get better at. I love it. I love everyone's topics there. But let's go ahead and move on because Morning Footy spoke to Beth Mead of Arsenal today. Let's go ahead and take a listen. It was fairly smooth. I didn't have too many setbacks, but I still spent a lot of time on the... I mean, I was back running on the pitch in straight lines after four and a half months and still didn't come back till six months later. So mentally, that was tough. You know, you're running at the side of the pitch and the team are training, but you can't join in because you're not allowed to do certain aspects of the game yet. Um, or doing your gym sessions and the team go out to train and you're left in the gym alone. Mentally, is. It's been tough. Um, you know, there's been a few of us who've been in the same boat, so it's been a really good support and help and pushing each other and being competitive in the gym. But, yeah, ideally it's not an injury I would ever like to do again. Lisa, first of all, how good is it to see Beth I Mead mean, back? It's so good. And, and we know our, our fifth member here at A3, Christine Cupo, is also so excited to have mm -hmm. Beth Mead back for her gunners. And, and her recovery will be just as smooth. But you, you think about what Beth Mead has been through over the last year, year and a half, and going through this injury and finally to get back to this point where she can compete and contribute on the pitch and in goal-scoring opportunities. And in hindsight, it sometimes feels like for the viewer that her time 
if injury has gone by fast, but it has been incredibly slow when you are in those shoes and mm-hmm. you're you're running in straight lines when the rest of your teammate is passing and in drills and it takes you forever, forever. It feels like forever to get back into those contact activities, let alone playing a game. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I like that she was vulnerable enough to share that because we've all had bad injuries in our careers and how difficult it is mentally. You know, you try to celebrate the little wins and the little victories you get, whether it's, oh, I got my cast off, I got the boot off, I'm walking normally, I'm running. But especially it's more difficult because your progress gets a little bit slower and slower through each phase and her to share that and talk about how difficult it is being on the sidelines watching your team kick a ball is really difficult. But to see her overcome all of that and come back and get an assist on her welcome back, I'm so happy for her. And I love that she's giving us space to talk about this and being vulnerable to share. Yeah. When we talk about community, Jordan, obviously you created a community for ACL tears, but the fact that Arsenal suffered so many injuries, does that mean that, you know, they had a bit of a a community that they could pull from as they all kind of supported each other in that. Yeah, that's kind of where my my company came from Mm -hmm. is the people that I was doing rehab with. I said, we're part of this little club. I was like, actually, this club is much bigger. So I love that she talks about the mental side. It is so much more mental. So whether you've gone through an injury or you are watching your teammate go through it, just check in with them. Be a good teammate. Help Mm -hmm. them get through it. But um, good to hear from Beth Mead there. And on the good days and the bad days, check yeah, in every with them. The good the days especially, too. Just as mm-hmm. we'll continue to watch uh, and check in on our fifth member, Christine Yes, Kupo. we love you, Christine. We do. Up next, Sandra Herrera joins us to talk more about the U.S. and Mexico in the Pan Am Games. Stay tuned. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We now welcome in our very own Sandra Era to talk and the Pan Am game. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. You're always happy to be here. All right, let's talk about Christiana Endler because one of the best players in the game has retired from international duty. Um, what comes next for Chile in the goalkeeping position now that she's on her way out? It's really, I think it's actually something that, that caught some folks off guard. Not a ton of chatter in terms of Andler and what her next step was going to be. And the fact that it just kind of came in a little bit of a, a post-game interview during the Pan-American Games as well, saying, I'm not going to be here with the team as they compete for a medal, but that there was no better way for the team to go out on top than securing an actual medal. So now that Chile have advanced out of the semifinal, defeating the United USWNT, that means they're going to walk away with either a gold or a silver medal out of these games. But um, it's iconic. And honestly, I'm going to say maybe a little bit of question marks, a little bit of unknowns. Chile, a program that also felt just short of qualifying for the uh, previous t- tournaments in the World Cup. And I don't, I don't know if this is a program that is going to be ready to maybe take that next step. I think we've seen some teams in Comebol and in the CONCACAF region where there are those lingering question marks. And they're unfortunate question marks that come with all of these other solutions that we want to see. Better resources, uh, more support for 
these national team programs that we don't always see them receive and yet somehow see these national team programs go out there, compete and find success despite not getting those types of resources or support. I would include Chile in the very long list of those teams that we find ourselves chatting about or talking about just in the 2019 World Cup. And one of these players that you can target and say, that is one of the faces, that is one of the leaders, one of the people that has kind of been outspoken at times for support for the program. So where is that going to come from next? I think that is the lingering question. Sandra, let's talk about these Pan Am games because the United States returned for the first time in several years and they sent their U19s. Now, this U19 team did advance to the semis where they ultimately lost to Chile 2-1. to one. But what did you make of the play that U.S. and their U19 team brought to the Pan Am games? I think it, it checked off a pretty quick box that kind of all of a sudden popped on their to-do list. Uh, I think coming out of the 2023 World Cup kind of rang some alarms. We've been talking a lot about what comes next for uh, the women's national team program at the senior level, and we've heard a lot about how there's going to have to be a re-emphasis on hitting the reset button in, in different areas, not just getting a new head coach for the national team program, but what are we doing and what are we seeing for the youth side of things. So I think to start with the Pan Am games and make sure that they got a team to compete in that tournament was big. I think it was important. I think the fact that there hasn't been a youth side representing for the U.S. women's national team since 2007 says a whole lot about where we are in developing or continuing to develop the youth side of things for women's soccer in this country. And now they're actually going to get a chance to compete for a medal of their own, falling just short to, to get to that final uh, gold medal game. But this is the team that has a, a chance to, to walk away with a to kind of give another uh, stamp in the chapter of the USA's very kind of brief and minor history in these Pan-American games. And I think it's a good showing for this team so far. I know a lot of folks were intrigued about uh, some of the names and, and, and what we would see throughout uh, this 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 particular tournament and from these uh, these teenagers, right? I think that's something that we're really excited about as well. We find ourselves talking about that a lot on Attacking Third and folks going through the roster and saying who's available, what are we going to see, pointing out Giselle Thompson, the sister of Alyssa Thompson. So watching this team go out there and compete against what are other senior national team programs, I think is a really good moment uh, for this federation to take, take a look at and say, how can we continue to to build teams and flesh out rosters to compete in tournaments like this moving forward. I, I hear what you're saying there, Sandra, but at the same point, we need to win some trophies. We see Spain taking home every trophy when it comes to youth uh, tournaments across the world. And I know this isn't as big as a youth women's World Cup, but it's still a big tournament and sending a U20 or U19 team to this. I would imagine has a lot to do with it being during the middle of a collegiate season and those players not being available. But how do you see U.S. soccer looking at this tournament in the future? Because I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it, we need to win. I'm with you. I, I love how every time I get asked about something similar, they're like, what are the what needs to happen next, Sandra? I've come on here multiple times. I said they got to win. That's what's <laughs> got to happen. So, yeah, they're going to compete for a medal. Yes, it is a bronze medal, but. They got to win. We want we want to see that, too. This is this is uh, women's soccer that we're talking about. We're talking about it for our American audiences. 
they love winners. They want to see a winner in this one. So I'm hopeful that, that some of these players who have had some good tournaments so far, whether it's Amelia Villarreal, who can go out there and continue the goal scoring and, and walk away with, with a bronze medal. This is just that, that small step, right, in, in the bigger, larger scope of things. So uh, I'm with you 100%. Do I think that that first step was actually getting a team to a tournament like this full of young players and, and promising talent? Absolutely. That's that's step one. Step two, 100%, should be to come home with a, with a medal. Sandra, speaking of a team that needs to win, Mexico has steamed rolled into this final, but they failed to qualify for the Women's World Cup in 2020. Is this the step that they needed to take to kind of change course to be in the next Women's World Cup? I'm 50-50 I'm, I'm with that one. I'm going to say yes and I'm going to say say no because this isn't a position where I think you want to find yourself as, as a senior national team program. You want to build outside a, a presence that you've already had within some of these tournaments. So we've seen Mexico compete in these Pan Am games, the, the Central and Caribbean games as, as well. Like these are these are often tournaments where we see a senior women's uh, Mexico team at play and and performing well and doing well against other competition across the region, whether it's CONCACAF or uh, with CONMEBOL as well. So uh, not only I think are we looking at this U.S. Uh, state side say they got to win. I'm also someone that's looking at Mexico side and saying, come on, mujeres, you got to go out there. You got to come home with this win as well, because I want to see that. So if you're not finding yourself qualifying for now two consecutive World Cups, you need to show that you are competing in these other arenas. And this is a huge one. Uh, they're going to potentially walk home with a medal, whether it's gold and silver, that's going to depend on their performers as well. We've seen a lot of good stuff from Maria Sanchez, Alicia Cervantes as well. Uh, so hopefully all of these, uh, the starting 11 can go out there and put together a good performance. It won't be easy because Chile are the host. It's going to be a little bit of adversity there. There might be a home crowd working against them, but those are the challenges that they're going to want to find themselves navigating through. And hopefully if they find themselves as co-hosts in 2027, if the bid is given to United States and Mexico, they're going to want to have to have a team that they're going to feel confident in fielding out there on the pitch that can go and, and compete. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Sandra. I second what you say about Mexico, okay? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Me and you, Mimi. <laughs> Always. All right, up next, Olivia Moultrie joins us to talk about the Thorns' upcoming semifinal against Gotham and dealing with the pressures of being a teenager in the NWSL. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into Attacking Third. We are so excited to bring in Olivia Moultrie of the Portland Thorns now. Olivia, thanks for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. You are on the heels of your first full national team camp. How was it? How are you feeling? It was amazing. I mean, obviously, I was very excited to kind of get that first email. Um, I've definitely wanted to be there for a while. I've been watching it forever. And so, yeah, I was very excited to be there. And 
Although, like, I hope that I get to be there plenty more times, you know, and I absolutely am looking forward to the moment where I can get my first calf and everything like that. It was an amazing experience and to be there with everyone and just to, yeah, get to see what it was like firsthand was very exciting. And, uh, yeah, I hope to go back very soon. Well, Olivia, I wasn't there. What was it like? I mean, you've been in youth national team camps and you've been playing professionally for a number of years now. But what was that senior national team camp environment like? Yeah, it was definitely fun in terms of there's a level of professionalism, obviously, that, um, you know, and a standard that we uphold while we're there. But at the same time, it's like we're still doing what we love every day and we get to have fun on the field and compete together. And um, it definitely just brings the team closer in terms of like that's kind of where everyone shares all that you know, commonalities is on the field. So that's really where I felt like I was able to get to know people. And then obviously just like being able to travel to different places together. Um, it's very fun, but yeah, at the same time, it's competitive and there's a high standard, but in the best way possible, uh, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to be doing anything else. Olivia, you got to do it with some people you're pretty familiar with, though. Some of these young players on the squad, you guys have played together throughout your youth national team careers. Now you get to experience these kind of first camps together. Talk about the relationship you guys have as this young core group and what that meant to see a player like Jaden Shaw have the performance that she did and, and Alyssa Thompson as well. Yeah, I, it's very fun. I mean, yeah, Jaden, Alyssa, and I have been playing together since – we were like 11 and 12. <laughs> we went to a youth CONCACAF tournament back in Florida, like years and years ago. So it's just so funny to think about that and how long we've known each other. And now that we're all back to kind of what our dreams have been for a while, you know, to play on the full team and now doing that together, that's obviously super cool. And it was really fun being able to watch Jaden, you know, get a goal and get her first cap and be there for that and just see, um, yeah, that we're all kind of getting to where we wanted to be and we're still working towards it. But it was super cool to be able to experience that together for sure. Now, Olivia, you play on one of the most decorated club teams you've played with. Lindsey Horan, Sam Coffey, Tobin Heath, Crystal Dunn, Sigita, Rocky. Christine Sinclair. Christine Sinclair. It is endless. <laughs> now, we know you've obviously taken a lot learning from them on the pitch, but I want to know what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned off of the pitch from these veteran players? Yeah, I think a lot has come from just like how they handle um, themselves on and off the field and just the professionalism in which, you know, they kind of bring to the environment. And I think that's been one of the biggest things I've been able to learn, but also just like, they're just people, you know, just like we are. And it's so, it's fun to get to see that side of them as well, you know, and be able to be teammates with them in that way, because obviously, you know, when you're watching on TV, that's not the side you're seeing. So there's definitely amount of like, yeah, we get our jobs done and we show up here and we have responsibilities, but at the same time, like we're just having fun and we're teammates and we love what we do. And so that's an enjoyable sight to see as well. Olivia, you talked about the commonality being on the field, but obviously there's a large age difference um, between you and some of the veterans on the team. What about <laughs> off the field? Like, how do you guys connect off the field? Because we were talking about how there are so many different topics, depending on what age you are, that you're hitting. Um, how do you guys kind of connect off the field when there's a big age difference, say? Yeah, well, I mean, I try to pride myself with uh, being able to be in groups that are a lot older than me. <laughs> I try to see <laughs> if I can just fit right in. But there is definitely an aspect of, like, as I have grown on this team, um, now it's kind of like the age gap is forgotten a little bit more than it used to be. You know, like when I was 15, it was, like, quite glaring, and it's hard to just, like, 
forget that it's there. But now that everyone's gotten to know me so well while I've been here, it's kind of like we forget <laughs> sometimes that the age gap is pretty big. Um, and yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, soccer is obviously something that we'll always have in common. But you just, I don't know, it's hard to like come up with things on the spot, but you just find certain things that you're like, you connect on like reading. Like I've connected with so many teammates about books recently. And it's just some things that we, you know, as a team love together and it just kind of helps create little relationships off the field. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the book of the moment? We got to know that. <laughs> uh, well, I just finished like all the Sarah J Mass books. So Crescent City, Throne of Glass and A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. Like 15 books or whatever. So I've been like, I've been locked in. Okay. I had to- uh, <laughs> Olivia, I love that. I'm a big reader and I just started the, that series and so okay. many other NWSL players have recommended it to me and I just jumped in. So add her to the well, book club. Yes. Olivia. yes. <laughs> just letting you know, like you're going to be, you won't have a life. You, you'll just read all day, every day. It's well, so I good. love that you think that we have a life. So I appreciate <laughs> that, Olivia, because as Jenny just said, I would have been one of those older players that was playing with you. Um, the thing that has impressed me the most about you at such a young age is that maturity, is your ability to handle so much as a teenager. How have you been able to navigate this entrance into professional soccer because I've heard you speak that you pride yourself in this vein of playing and being driven by the joy of the game. But when you're a professional, I've been there. It's different. There's a different drive that you have to mix in. How do you balance that? What have you been able to do to manage that? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I find that showing up every day and the hard work that is required, I find that to be enjoyable. So yes, while I think that, you know, loving what you do is important, I at the same time um, have big goals and I look forward to going after those every day. And I look forward to competing in everything that we do. I'm a very (laughs) competitively driven person. And so I just think that like, I've gotten to a point where like professional soccer is not just like a, and like, it's, it's an uphill battle. It's not just something that is perfect all of the time. And so that's definitely something that, you know, with your teammates, you learn a lot throughout the season, but also just the fact that like, I get to show up and do what I love every day, no matter if things are going perfectly or not. And so I like to take advantage of that and take advantage of the fact that I know I can get better every day. And so sometimes that's what's the most important thing because you can't always control the big things and the things going on around you, but I can control how I show up every day. And yeah, it comes back to at the end of the day, I do love what I do. So that makes it a lot easier for sure. Olivia, you are the reason that so many young players can play in the NWSL and even have that avenue. And when you started walking that path, it was incredibly dark and your footsteps had to light the way. You were the very first to do that and to break those barriers down. Now that you are this incredibly mature 18-year-old midfielder with the Portland Thorns, when you look back on your experience entering into this league, and of course it was a little bit, uh, there's a bit more turbulence than some of the 15-year-olds have had to face now, but what would help make it a little bit easier for that transition from being 14, 15 to then being thrown into a professional training environment? Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to say that it's going to be easy. Obviously I can't speak for everyone's experiences, but I can speak for mine in terms of like, it wasn't easy, you know? And I just think that the thing that got me through everything is, I mean, going back to my goals and how important they are to me, you know, like I obviously I want to be on the national team and I want to be able to win trophies with my team and all of that. And so coming back to 
who I wanted to be just allowed me to throw myself in every day and just be myself. Like I knew at the end of the day that even if, you know, the team around me right now was a little hesitant that I was becoming a part of that. It was like, I knew that I could help. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be on the field and help us win games. And so for me, it was just like, if I was myself every single day, eventually people around me started to be like, Oh, you know, I like her. (laughs) And that's kind of how I want everyone over to be on Like in terms of, at first, you know, I wasn't super close with everyone, but as I just came in every day and went to work and, you know, showed how much that I cared and wanted to help the team win at the end of the day, we're a team that wants to win. And so people were able to grasp onto that. And that definitely helped the start of a lot of relationships. And then off the field, things just, you know, grew naturally as I was around people every day. But yeah, I would say just me being myself every day is kind of what got me to where I am now. And I definitely wouldn't have changed that. So. Olivia, we love to hear that. We've mm-hmm. Everyone speaks so highly of you, to your credit. So looking ahead, you guys have a huge semifinal coming up against Gotham FC this Sunday. With all of your internationals back in, into, your, into Portland, what's your mindset going into this game? What are your goals? Um, how, how has training been? Just tell us about this process leading up to this match. Yeah, I think training to start has been extremely fun. Like the energy around the group, I, as the British like to say, we're buzzing right now. We are just like, we just, the energy heading into the game is extremely exciting. And I think kind of in our thoughts, we're just like, all right, we need to extremely focus on this one. Like right now it's, there's one game left, you know, we can't get caught up in what could be coming. And so it's like just completely setting all our energy on this one game and that we're doing it together. So it's literally like we're all in or, you know, we're not going to be able to win. And so that's kind of drawing everyone really close. Um, And even though we obviously pride ourselves on trying to do that throughout the whole year, it's like, you definitely get this extra ounce of energy heading into the playoffs. Um, And so we're really excited for that. But yeah, training's been great. And the energy around the group is really exciting. Olivia, will you have the history uh, on your side? You guys won it last year. Do you remember whether this was the exact feeling you guys were feeling uh, around this time uh, in playoffs last year? It's pretty dang close, if not about the same. But yeah, just kind of exact same situation in terms of getting the bye and um, not having played a quarterfinal. And so everyone kind of feeling that fresh, rejuvenated energy and ready to step onto the field, especially at home. So yeah, very exciting. Well, one last thing, Olivia. We heard you're a sneakerhead. So what sneaks are you wearing to the big game this weekend? Uh, That's a good question. I need to look at my whole selection before I finally decide on one. But I probably will go for a Travis Scott. Mm. That's when you know you have a sneaker collection. Yeah. You <laughs> want a collection. Said. Mine's just like the shoes at the bottom of my closet. <laughs> I, uh, wow. The Travis Scott, that's that's a good one. I actually know what that shoe is, and I know zero shoes. So that's how you know that she's going to be rocking and heavy. Thank you so much for joining us, Olivia. Yeah, good luck. Thank you, guys. Much more to come on Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passions and earn points when you stay close to the action. Stay with us. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, 
invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Got inside of Merrick. Here's Wilson Thompson. The shot off the post. Shutout streak is over. Thompson with a terrific play. From the head of Rocky Rodriguez, it's Moultrie. Has some space, has some time. Moultrie takes it in the corner. Jaden Sharp breaking in. Still has it. Stops. Shoots. And it deflects it. One nothing, San Diego. Olivia Moultrie paved the way for teenagers in the NWSL, and now we see more and more players turning professional and making an immediate impact on their teams, like we just saw there. Uh, but Lisa, let's talk about the timeline that Olivia Moultrie um, had in the NWSL, because first of all, she declares that she wants to go pro. Yeah, she was very young at 13 years old. That's when Olivia Moultrie ended up filing a lawsuit against the league because of the age limit being one of the qualifiers of talent in the NWSL, which Moultrie didn't believe was fair that you couldn't put a cap on age just to play in it. And because of that, she cracked down the door for for any teenager to play in the NWSL. And there weren't any of the um procedures essentially set in place for these teenagers to play and that's why the league um, held off on allowing this to happen and since Olivia Moultrie had those conversations and she's been playing in the league and and one of the things that Moultrie is known for saying is if you're good enough you're old enough it's it's not a matter of age and she definitely cracked down that door and really allowed all these other players to follow in her footsteps after she went through so much up and down and back and forth after training with Portland for so long and then ultimately signs along deal with the Thorns so she can be there for a number of years developing well into her 18th year. Before we get into the other teenagers that have followed behind her, I think at the point of the lawsuit, saying a 13-year-old can play pro was a bit of a contentious topic uh, for people. And now we see Olivia at 18 years old playing, scoring goals for the NWSL. How do you guys think that this has gone for her? For Olivia specifically? I think she had, everybody has a unique path. Like even all of us, mm-hmm. how we got to where we were is not going to look exactly the same. So I think that what is nice about Olivia is she, she knew from a young age what she wanted to do and she had a pathway to get there. And if it wasn't there, she paved her own way. Mm-hmm. And I think that has allowed other players to come into the league at a younger age. But I also believe that that's not the way for everybody. Mm-hmm. I do think that there are a lot more ways to get into this league. And we've seen that throughout the the NWSL's few 10 years now but this is interesting that Olivia Moultrie is just one of, of those players let's go ahead and look at the players that we are talking about that includes Jaden Shaw um Alyssa Thompson, Chloe Ricketts, Melanie Barcenas, all of these are teenagers that are currently playing in the NWSL. Darian, which one stands out to you? Melanie Barcenas. I think I I love how she's come into this league. She's been explosive. 
her technical ability has been so fun to watch, and she said she's gained inspiration from players like Alex Morgan, uh, Marta, who we've seen her play against, and she <laughs> you saw the photos of them afterwards. Amazing. And yeah, just watching Marta, who we know is such an amazing person off the field as well that's inspiring the next, inspired all of us, and then this really young generation coming in. Um, and she's also very aware of the fact that she is representative of her culture. And she spoke about to the LA Times saying, I'm hoping that I can pave the way so that young girls who are Latina can have someone to look up to and relate to in soccer, which I love. That speaks to me so deeply. And she's so young to have that awareness and know that, hey, young girls are gonna look up to me and wanna follow my path and here's how I'm doing it. And she is walking the walk. You see her sauciness on the pitch. You see her going 1v1. I love it. I think she's going to be one of the biggest players in the NWSL up and coming. And she's seemingly handling the pressure very well. And I'm really excited for her future. There is so much talent in that little compact that little body structure <laughs> of Melanie Barcenas. She lights it up when she comes on the field. But the thing that I think is really important, we look at NWSL right now, and there are a lot of good coaches, but there's a lot of vacancies too. And I yeah. think that this is the most important thing is – if there is going to be a pathway for these young players to play at a professional level, we have to make sure that we are caring for these players. Yes. That, and I think Casey Stoney, I've had many conversations with her, and she's done a really good job from her time in England to now being here in the United States mm -hmm. of managing those players. Mm -hmm. And she said she was going to be really careful about how she used Melanie, and she was very careful yeah. using her this season, making sure she was putting her into positions where she could succeed and feel like she would was able to express herself. And that's what you want. You don't want these players to lose some of the joy and the freedom yeah. that they have in a rigid system, that you, which it can be at times of a professional. You have to win. They, they still need to learn and grow through that um, system as well. I think Casey Stoney is a good example of how well she is able to develop young players because mm -hmm. she was able to do that with Jaden Shaw, a player that the San Diego Wave signed last season. And she took it really slow with Shaw to start the season and, and when she first got minutes. And over the summer worked with her and she Shaw continued to develop. And it was her physicality that grew the most in yeah. the last year. Watching her play on the pitch, she's able to hold off players now. And because of all that training, her confidence has also soared. So now she doesn't feel like she's one of the youngsters playing out there. And, and now we're seeing on the national team level. But the coach management of these young players is incredibly crucial. Mm -hmm. And a number of coaches have talked about it. Mark Parsons, who was with Washington Spirit this year, and Chloe Ricketts said that he really wanted to take it slow with her mm -hmm. and not push her into those positions that were going to be in over her head. It, it was really an yeah. ease in moment and it's evidence. Ricketts had under 300 minutes in the regular season this year. Melanie Barcenas just over 120 minutes in the league this year. So they didn't get a lot of minutes in regular season play. However, the minutes that they got were crucial points of the mm -hmm. game where they could learn and grow as players. Yeah, And I loved too, you had a great question with Olivia where you spoke about the transition of Soccer's just kind of fun when you're younger and it's your escape and what you get to go do. And it still can be in your pro career, but there's a lot more pressure. So you're right, having that coach management that is hyper aware of that and still wants you to develop and find joy in the game and not have to live through the pressure of, am I starting every week? Am I, am I gonna get minutes? What's my positioning? What's my role in this game? You're just going in to have fun yeah. and do your best and kind of catch the cadence of the match and just the league in general, especially in the NWSL because yeah. As we know, it's complete chaos. You never know what you're going to get. But you're right. The coach management is huge. It is chaos, but I think we're f starting to see 
a little bit of stabilization when it comes to styles of play. Mm. Like if you think about how Portland plays or how San Diego plays or even North Carolina, North Carolina has a very vivid style of play. Yeah. And that is a reason they can get not just any teenager, they get a teenager from Japan to come mm -hmm. in. You know, we're talking about all these teenagers here from the United States who find their way in. But here's a teenager in Manaka from Japan who talk about the technical ability of a team anywhere in the world. You're looking at that's the best of the best. And she's saying, I want to go in my formative years and play in NWA. Sell, mm -hmm. that, that's incredible to me. So I think that the growth of the league and the stability of the league has something to say about these players saying, I'm going to decide to forego other opportunities when it comes to high school, college, scholarships, education, and say, go, I'm going to go play pro. Well, it has to be a stable league. And I think we're getting to that mm -hmm. place where it feels like you can still get the education on the side as you're pursuing a professional career. Jordan, when you talk about the stability of the league, that's always been a question, right? And then now we're in the NWSL for a few years now, um, so we feel that it is more stable. Do you think that it can remain stable if we start something like NWSL Academies? You know, like now that we have a better footing and foundation than we ever had in a women's league in the United States, is this the time? I think academies are a great idea. It depends on the market because I think there are places where the market produces really good players. Like if you're in San Diego, I don't know if you can find a better place than mm -hmm. San Diego Surf who continuously produce players that are of really good quality playing with youth national teams. So I think it depends on where your market is, but it's a good idea. And it is probably something that will happen because if these players start getting younger and younger and younger, you're going to want to have something like MLS has, which is homegrown rights, yeah. where you have a right to a player and you might not incorporate them in your first team, but you know that you're building them up with that thought process of one day they can play for the first team. I also really like the idea of academies of it being local where you're not having to uproot your life and your family's lives to go somewhere, which, you know, if you have the ability to do that, that's amazing. That is not the case for 99% of players. Um, so I think being able to stay local, be in a program where you're developing, your coaches are on the same wavelength of your development and where you're going to be would be the best and most consistent and healthy environment, in my opinion, to grow up and to go into that playing to pro pipeline mm -hmm. that we want to build for the NWSL. Can I say one thing that I also think, because it's been stable, there's players that have played in the league for a long time who can help these right. young mm -hmm. players along. There's not so much change in the, in the teams every single year. Now you have players who can hold the hands of these young players and help guide them as they come into a professional environment. And it's there, huge. The fact that there's already so many teenagers playing in the league, you look at um, Alex Pfeiffer, who just signed with the Kansas City Current. Mm -hmm. She's played with Melanie Barcenas mm -hmm. and Alyssa Thompson at the youth level. So she talked to them and said, hey, I'm considering playing for the Kansas City in Kansas City Current and NWSL. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. So Yes, they have the veterans that they can learn from, but they've also got their friends yeah. from youth teams. Incredibly important subject, and I, I know that we'll continue to talk about it because as more and more teenagers come into the league, it's something that has to be put in place to make sure the protection of the players and just making sure that they can unravel, uh, desarrollo in Spanish, um, develop <laughs> properly and as best as possible. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get to know Lisa, Jordan, and Darian a little bit better with our version of Mixed Zone on Attacking Third. You won't want to miss it. Ha <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, everyone, this is a segment we have been looking forward to. Our next segment is something that we like to call In the Mixer, where there are no wrong answers, only our answers. Uh, none of them have played this before. Are you guys ready? I don't know. Sure. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we're going to get started quickly here. Out of the four of us, Darian, this is going to you first, and then we'll okay. come around. Okay. Who would be the best goalkeeper? Oh, Jordan. <laughs> no. You should no. see me when I was a goalkeeper growing up, like... I only was in it to wear the jersey, right? You got to wear the colorful jersey when you're growing up. That was like the only reason I wanted to do it. I was terrible. My parents were like, please don't ever do that again. Jordan, who's your vote? Um, Lisa. Ooh, no way. I've got horrible hand-eye like hand coordination. Sports. I do like you to do watch like them. You like sports. I'm going to go Darian. I think she's tall, athletic. She's <laughs> tall. She is athletic. Yeah. She could die. Can I die? I don't know. <laughs> All right, we'll start with you here, Lisa. Uh, would you rather be captain for the NWSL championship side or on the bench for the Women's World Cup? Uh, women's World Cup. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Women's World Cup. Same Z's. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. Random non-soccer one that I just got from Kate Abdo. Last concert you've been to, Jordan? Uh, Dermot Kennedy. At Red Rocks. Oh, I bothered you about that on social because I saw it. It was amazing. Jordan? Darian? <laughs> Me? Darian? <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this artist, Dylan Sinclair, in New York a couple months ago. Ooh. I'm not a big concert gal, but yeah, that's my mm. last one. Give him a show. More of a show gal. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> I went to the Arctic Monkeys a couple weeks ago. That's a good one. Outside too. in a really cool stadium. It was awesome. What, what about you, Jenny? I just went to Ed Sheeran last weekend. Oh. That's why I had to get them in here. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, okay, the favorite teammate that you have ever played with, Darian? Whoa, that's a tough question. Whoa. My favorite teammate I've ever played with. Um, I'm going to say in France I had a teammate. Her name is Ines. She actually plays for the Washington Spirit, and she's probably the most positive happy-go-lucky, hard-working teammate I've ever Aww. had. Aww. Yeah. And Those she made my time, ones. and she, like, helped oh. me integrate into French yeah. culture. And <laughs> yeah. That's nice. That's yeah, a good that's one. Nice. I'm going to go Kelly Smith because she was, at that time, still with the English Women's National Team, and just watching some of the things she could do. Like, I was amazed that I got to be on her team, and I would just be like, okay, what, whatever we got to do, just give Kelly the ball, <laughs> she can figure it out. So I loved being Kelly Smith's teammate. It was a pretty, pretty cool part of my experience. Uh, I'm going to go with Morgan Prophet. Um, I played with her in college, Aww. and she is one of the nicest, most yeah. supportive players and people in the world, but she's also the hardest working, and she'll destroy you on the pitch. So it was watching her, like, walk off the field and then, like, help bandage people up after she just nice. destroyed them. Aww. <laughs> Jenny? Crystal Dunn. It wasn't even, like, my teammate teammate for that long, but just, like, the fact that she makes everything so fun, mm -hmm. it's 
Yeah. Very, it just, you can so, feel it coming it's off. It's so of hard. Like, there's so many categories of tea. Yeah, yeah so I didn't like, know where to put it. I think they kind of all went in yeah. a different way, mm -hmm. which is cool. Yeah. The fact that someone helped you integrate within a different culture, I think, really stands out. That's pretty out, cool. Though. Yeah. And it's also like, then on the field, like, okay, like yours was a little bit more technical, tactical yeah. of like, this is weird. <laughs> But I would choose that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I already know the answer to this one for uh, Jordan. Perfect. So we're going to start with you, Lisa. Okay. You get to add an NWSL team to any market. Where is that team going? Oh, Philadelphia. I think I knew that answer as well. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, that's a great answer, but they're going to the Super League. So we are going to get one in Denver, everybody. Let's go. It's a perfect spot. That is, I, oh my God, I need to, <laughs> I need to think. Come on. Darian? What? Oh, sorry. Uh, Vegas. Let's go. <laughs> All right, minus Miami. I'm going to give you a little bit of a break there. <laughs> minus All Miami. she wanted was right for you here. to say Denver. Denver. That's all she wanted. So I would have taken Philly. I'm trying to pick somewhere new. I don't know. I have so many more questions that could help people get to know us a little bit better, but I don't know whether they're allowed yet. Should we wait until the next in the mixer, or do you want to go for it? Ask it. All right, first kisses. Jordan, start us off. <laughs> Guys, it's Nick Rivera on the soccer field. On the pitch. And you remember Let's exactly go. what he was wearing. No, I don't remember what he was wearing. <laughs> I don't know. I, so I heard funny. he was wearing sambas. He wore sambas. Everyone right, wore sambas. First kiss. Uh, Dylan Kimber outside of my parents' house. And I remember he kissed me and my eyes were open. I was like, Whoa. I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> You, you broke up before the All kiss right, Lisa, was even Lisa, done. Before the show ends. Uh, Nick D. The show. No, Nas name? Uh, Nick Gerazio. That's just what we called him. We were a couple Nicks in our class, so it was Shout Nick M, Nick, Nick D. D. Oh, no time for any more here. Thanks for joining us on Attacking Third. We're going to be back on Friday at 8 p.m. This show was brought to you by Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Car. Reward your passions and earn points when you stay close to the action.